and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and as part of the Beef Masterclass series, with only 20% of beef farmers using AI, I'm joined by Suckler and Chief Farmer Martin Shocknessy from County Mayo to discuss his beef system and how he uses AI on his farm. I first ask Martin, what is your farming system? Well, the situation here between, I'm in Ronford, Hollywood, County Mayo, uh, between Badarobe and Clamaris. Uh, I have a suckling and uh, sheep enterprise here. Um, I keep about 16 to 18 suckler cows, plus I keep my replacement heifers as well. Uh, I have about 120 ewes and also keep my replacement ewe lambs as well. Uh, I suppose that the ewes side of it, I, I, do, I just synchronize all my, my sheep. Um, I'd have 60 ewes lambing in February and 60 ewes lambing in March. Uh, I suppose, why do I synchronize? I suppose I'm, I'm working as well in Arrivo Mertz. I work uh, two or three days a week and uh, it, it, can, it can be a few more days as the, towards the back end when it gets very busy. Uh, I suppose all my, my cows are nearly all three-quarter bred limousine cows. There'll be a sort of half blue, half limousine cows as well here as well. Um, there'll be a fair bit of AI breeding in my cows through the years as well. Uh, as you say, I'm using all AI here. Um, nearly all Belgian blue cow, Belgian blue bulls on my cows. Um, also, I suppose on the heifers, they'd be used. Uh, I'd be using a, a limousine bull on them. Uh, I suppose my target market. I suppose uh, naturally, I'm using a Belgian blue bull uh, AI. I suppose it's for the export market. Uh, a lot of my heifer calves would be would be sold to um, to finishers and also maybe the export market and also to uh, people for breeding as well. Um, I suppose my land type here, uh, I said I have 34 acres of land, I have 10 acres rented um, the, the, in the home place here. I suppose the land is a fairly good land. It's, uh, it's limestone land, I suppose. Uh, you'd look out this morning and you say it wouldn't be, it's not too dry with all the, the bad weather we've been having, but uh, it is, it is probably is known as dry weather, dry land enough in this area. It's a very niche system, Martin, that you're operating. When do you calve from? Uh, I calve down, I suppose, look, at. I'd like to be calving down from the 1st of January, maybe the last few days of, of December. Uh, I suppose you, when I'm using all AI, I suppose it makes it, things a bit easier to know when, when my cows are calving. Uh, I said, the farm, I suppose, look at from the 1st of January, I suppose up to the 1st of April. I think this year they were all calved by Paddy's Day. Um, you know, it's, it, it probably works well with the synchronizing of the O's as well, that I know exactly when cows are going calf and then I can fit in my sheep in between as well and maybe have more space in the sheds and things like that. Martin, you have a very compact calving pattern. What difference does that make for you, particularly when you're working off farm? Yeah, I suppose the compact cabin, you know, it, it has its probably advantages and disadvantages. I suppose, look at the advantages, I suppose, look at your, your when you when they are cabin, you know, that when you get them after a week old or whatever, you have to put them into creeps and things like that, that they are of all of the one age. Um, look at, I suppose, I wouldn't like them any tighter than they are. Uh, you know, you'd like to have them sort of spread. I think the spread out over the 10 weeks or 12 weeks helps to, you need a lot of space. Um, but it definitely, you know, I suppose when you're matching up the calves as well, going out again to the grass and things of like that, you're, they're all the same size within reason. And I suppose, um, you can and the cabin creeps as well that makes it easier to and you have probably less issues with uh, scours and pneumonias when you have batches even enough together you know you're 100% AI Martin what benefit has that for you 
I suppose, look, I've been using AI here for the last, I suppose, 20 years at least. And uh, I suppose the main thing I can match, I suppose, by going down the Belgian blue route, I suppose using a Belgian blue bull probably wasn't, it was a non-runner for me as well. Uh, I suppose that in the west of Ireland, a lot of small suckler farmers and I suppose 16 to 18 suckler cows, I didn't think it was feasible maybe to, to have a bull. And I suppose, look, at it, not all my, all my cows are suited to the Belgian blue bull either. So I'd be using limousine on them as well. So it wouldn't be beneficial to have two bulls going. So I suppose that's where I came in with the AI and uh, I can select the, the bull match to the cow. And I suppose it takes years of experience to, to know to suit the cow, you know. And for the blue sires that you're selecting, what are you looking for when you're looking at the AI sires when you're selecting them? Yeah, I suppose the AI sires, I suppose, look, at, I wouldn't be a mad believer of, you know, um, going down the route of too hard a cabin. I suppose, look, at around 12% cabin difficulty. Um, I suppose, you know, the, the reliability as well should be fairly high. Um, probably under 60, I'd be a bit, you know, I'd like to get them up in around 80% or maybe know what their the, the sires are from originally, you know, that you might have background on the sires that were bred from themselves. Uh, I suppose on the heifer side of it, um, I suppose, look, I'd be given a lot of limousines. So uh, I suppose I'd be selecting them. I'm probably on easy cabin for the first time and things like that. In relation to replacement sires, Martin, what are you looking for? The replacement side, I suppose, look, I'd be looking at... I suppose milk could be one of the things. I suppose milk, milk is not a big issue on, uh, on my farm here. I think I have enough milk, uh, nice tidy udders on the cows and things like that, not too big of udders. Uh, I suppose, look, at all I want to do is to, for their daughters to equal their mothers or maybe try to improve it a small bit. If I wanted to improve it, maybe I'd be looking at the small bit on, on, on the maternal side of it. But I don't focus too much on the maternal a bit, but I'd like to keep the terminal side of it up as well, because if she does have a bull calf, that if you're selling a bull calf for export, you want them in fair good, a U-grade shaped calf. And from a heat detection point of view, how do you manage that? Yeah, look, at as you say, I'm using all AI here. So I, I used to be using tail paint and things of that years ago. And I suppose I got out and I'm using a teaser bull. Uh, at the moment, uh, a teaser bull, uh, he'd be working with the cows. Um, I put a chin ball on him as well. Um, probably not when he'd be in the shed, but once he goes out with the cows, I'd be out onto the grass. He'd be putting a chin ball on him. I suppose at the moment, they're just starting to, uh, you know, at the moment, they're, they're, they're bulling at the moment now as well. I suppose the cameras in the shed as well helps to heat detection as well, that you're able to see cows coming on heat as well more, more easier. And how do you manage when the cows are out of grass during the grazing season, getting cows in? Yeah, look, it is probably not as simple. You know, you, you know, I suppose I try to get a few cows bulled before and heifers before they go out as much as I can. Uh, there'd be a certain amount of cows that wouldn't be gone. Uh, it wouldn't be AI to that stage. I suppose, look, at I have a paddock system in, in place for cows. Um, I'm, I suppose, look, at I have a, a simple way of, of probably just a temporary fence, maybe bringing up, bringing up cows uh, and when uh, like a little roadway for cows. And um, it makes it very simple, to be honest, once there's a roadway, just temporary fence set up along to bring up the cows. I have no big issue with it, you know, but I suppose the cows are being used to being moved around in a paddock system. It makes it very easy to take away the cow and calf and bring her up for AI. And you're operating a paddock system. How does that work on your farm? Yeah, I suppose, look, at I I saw them as a firm believer of a paddock system and cows. I suppose I'm at a higher stocking rate, you know, 
very high stocking rate with the amount of land I have here. I suppose I try to get the best out of the, 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 the land I have. So I suppose by using a paddock system, definitely I'm growing more grass. Um, it, it makes it easier to work out, you know, what grass you have ahead of your cows. Um, I suppose as well, as you say, for AI and things of that as well, it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to control your cows. Your cows are a lot quieter and used around uh, to move your cows. When Look at, I suppose, everyone is in a system now that, you know, you're working on your own and uh, you have to be able to manage on your own. So I suppose the paddock system definitely comes in there as well. You know, that you're, the cows are definitely a lot quieter. And, and also, I suppose, look at, you know, if paddocks are, you know, getting a bit strong and things of like that in the summertime, you can always take out a paddock as well. So definitely it grows more grass. And I think the cows are a lot more content and uh, it makes it easier on the man itself. And do you let the calves creep graze ahead of the cows with, with the paddock system? Yeah, I suppose it's the last good few years I have been creeping calves ahead of cows. Um, I don't use a creep feeder here. I haven't been using creep feeder here for the last 10 or 15 years. I suppose, why not? Um, I think, you know, I start creep gazing the calves, I suppose. You, you often see young calves that start going under. I have main fins here, and I suppose you often see calves start going under electric fences and things like that when they're very young. But... You know, when they get a bit older, you maybe have to rise the fence a small bit. Um, you know, I think maybe June or July, once the calves are, you know, I say calves are born in January, five months old. But when I'm saying that the March calves and things of like that, like they're a bit younger, but it makes the calves start going ahead of the cows. And I suppose you can you can graze out the paddocks a lot tighter than the calves are going ahead of the cows as well. And maybe start a bit of meal then maybe in July, July and August up until October, until I September, October, until I was selling the, selling the wind. And so I suppose, look, it's a great way of, of um, maybe utilising the grass as well. Um, and it's only by just I just uh, the horse, one of them high pigtails, just to rise it up, um, horse pigtail, and uh, just rise up the fence. But I suppose you want good power in the fence to make sure the cows don't get out as well, you know? Yeah, and it seems to be working very effectively. And it has been a difficult spring. How do you manage turning out stock? Yeah, look at, I suppose, you know, we are in the west of Ireland here. It has been a big thing about cows that, you know, when you have heavy cows, you know, a lot of my cows would be 700 to 800 kilos for red limousine cows. Um, I suppose I, I never, I, as you say, I have 120 euros here as well. I suppose they, they were all out of grass since the 1st of February, 16, and then the rest of them have gone out since the middle of March. Um, but as you say, I have a system where the cows... The, the, the cows, the, the grazing ground for the cows would have been grazed from mid-December up until Christmas with the O's. Uh, it probably would have got slurry and things like that now as well since, and um, urea. So there's a nice pick of grass there at the moment, but the weather conditions at the moment are atrocious. But I suppose the last few years, I, I have it in my head that no cows will go out onto grass until I have enough grass, first of all, and ground conditions suit. Um, I suppose lucky, I am lucky in this part of the, 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 the country here, I suppose, that the ground is fairly dry compared to other parts of the West, you know. But I suppose I, I, um, I'd like to get them out as early as I can. I suppose what would I let out first? I'd probably, as you say, I'm AI at the moment now. And I suppose I'd like to maybe the younger calves and maybe a few of the replacement heifers, the younger heifers will be going out first, the lighter stock. But there'll be only a few going out until I make sure that, uh, that the ground conditions hold up. I, I, I don't believe in putting them putting them out and have to bring them in again uh the o's are just about here to manage the ground at the moment and mind the cows 
Yeah, well, I suppose the O's will have the start of your spring grazing plan started for you. Exactly, yeah. The O's, like, you know, I have been grazing since the 1st of February, and I suppose, look, I've got a lot of grazings in already, and I got out of urea a bit early as well in February, you know, and it has it has been a good year for grass growth, believe it or not, like, uh, and a bit of manure that did go out, fertilizer. And, uh, you know, just the ground conditions, I suppose, look, I'm probably one of the lucky ones, but I suppose as many of my... Uh, many farmers around here that wouldn't have as good, maybe dry a land as I have and uh, you know it could be first of May before get cows out you know and you mentioned you're selling the weanlands from October what are the key targets you have for the weanlands over the season yeah so I, I suppose look at uh, I, I suppose look at to get a good thrive on them um, I think the creep grazing is definitely one thing that to get them a good try and get them a weight gain it's a cheap weight gain without uh, compromising maybe too much meal um, I suppose it breaks the bond as well between the cow and, and the, 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 the calf as well, um, maybe in the weaning stage as well. Uh, look, I try to get up them weanings up to, them, them bull weanings, they're up to around 400 kilos, 380 to 420 kilos, I suppose. That would be my target for them heavy bulls we were born in January. Um, they'd be usually sold in Balmart and, and in, the, in September, and the March calves then will be going into October. Um, so the heifer weanings, I suppose... They're, the Belgian blue thing, I suppose, I have been doing it a good few years now, and this has been a sort of a market out there for blue heifers, for coloured heifers, and things of like that. So, um, I suppose look, at, they're looking for these rony heifers at the moment now. So, I have you know coloured heifers, and 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 you know there is a market out there. So, I suppose we'll keep, we'll we'll um, that's that's that, that, so them heifer weanings, I suppose, would be around. I wouldn't be putting them up to the same weights, but if you got them up to around three two eighty to two three fifty kilos, uh, farmer market is there to buy them and, and export market. That's great, Martin. And you're also involved with the catchment program. What does that involve? Yeah, look at I suppose the the the, the catchment program. I suppose is the, the, it's the it's the base it's the basis really to I suppose the ground the the grazing ground is here. Um, I suppose it's like getting the foundation for a house. If the if you're a silo and you can't grow grass, is not right. I suppose the catchment area is a it's a six catchments in in the whole country. Um, and I suppose we're in the Craig Duff catchment scheme here, and uh, Kevin Madden is our advisor. And I suppose when it started off first. It started off a good few good few years ago, but we usually take side samples every three or four years. And uh, when that is done, Kevin Kevin makes up a fertilizer plan for 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 the year ahead. And I suppose it, it tells you what in in the each field, and it tells you what what P and K to put out in each field. And I suppose what it tells me is there's no point putting out a lot of K in a certain field if it doesn't need it. Are the same with P. So I suppose it's, it's it's all about putting the putting putting the fertilizer where it's needed. And and uh, there's no point in wasting it. And I suppose look at the catchment. It, it, I think it has brought on my land a lot. Uh, has I wouldn't have done an awful lot of receding, a certain amount of receding, but it just shows when your peas and k's and your lime is right to what you can grow on grass. And I suppose it's all about water quality. You know, it, it, you know the 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 measure to see what peas and k's and nitrogen will be going into the waterways and things like that because there's turlocks in our area. But I suppose it, it just showed it'd be a, it would be an intensive area enough with, with dairy and suckling and sheep around here that the water quality is as good as what's in the best in the country. So that says a lot you know, to this area. Most definitely, Martin, especially focusing on your improving soil fertility. Where do you see your future plans for your suckling system going forward? 
Yeah, look at it. I suppose you know, there's a lot of talk about suckler cows. Like, you know what I mean? What, 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 what's going to happen? But uh, I suppose my plan. I suppose my plan would be thinking. Look, I try to hold what I have. Um, I suppose I'm a firm believer. I wouldn't have an awful lot of cows, but I, well, I suppose I'm more quality than quantity. Uh, to what I have, I suppose if a cow is not performing, she will be let go. And I suppose I have a, a good a culling rate here, you know, that would be strict enough, you know, for cows that is not doing the job. Uh, and if she's not doing the job for me, having a good blue calf every year, uh, she'll have to go. Or if she's late calf and she doesn't suit my system. So I suppose well, I'd probably stay around the same. I suppose the, the biggest thing that the, the, the factor that will put you out of suckler cows is the weather in the west of Ireland. And uh, I suppose that's the only thing that at the moment I'd probably stick around the same and uh, keep the O's as well. A great insight, Martin, into your Suckland to Weanland system. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks very much, Catherine. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Martin for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, Keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.